Have you heard about the 2021 Doxology and Theology Conference, April 22nd through the 24th? Now you have. Register at biblicalworship.com. We are talking about everything from theological concepts like Trinitarian worship with Kevin DeYoung and H.B. Charles to practical concepts like songwriting with Andrew Peterson and Matt Boswell. It is a time of encouragement and refreshment. A conference like this is not for everybody, but we have planned it just for people like you. Join us April 22nd through the 24th. Register before April 15th so that you can be a part of our conference. Register at biblicalworship.com. That is biblicalworship.com. Welcome to the Doxology and Theology podcast presented by the Institute for Biblical Worship at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's right. I said the Doxology and Theology podcast, a podcast for worship leaders who know that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. I'm your host, Matthew Westerholm, Associate Professor of Church Music and Worship at Southern Seminary and the Executive Director of the Institute for Biblical Worship. On today's episode, we are dipping into our worship resources to bring you a clip from Sandra McCracken. Sandra is a songwriter, a hymn writer, a recording artist, and a columnist for Christianity Today. In this clip taken from our 2018 Doxology and Theology Conference, Sandra McCracken calls worship leaders to comfort God's people. Um, so the uncomfortable thing about silence is that it brings things up, you know, like before we work through those places where we need healing, it brings stuff up and you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that, (laughs) which is probably why the noise is so, um, addictive, right? Because when we get quiet, it's just like, man, I want to push all that stuff down and like shove it under the rug and make, hope it goes away. But whatever we don't deal with is transmitted. So you're going to keep, it's going to come out somewhere, (laughs) So the good news of that is that when we, when we practice silence in this way, in this biblical way, we begin to understand that the Lord is gracious with us, that Jesus is not there to just expose the things that are painful in our hearts or the things that, are, that we're ashamed of just to like leave us. But he wants to expose, he wants that to be opened up so that he can heal us. And that where there is like honest lament in a in this biblical way there's also an opportunity for that to be healed so that the tears are fruitful and so that our lament is not self-absorption or just wallowing in things but moving through the sorrows moving through the places of brokenness and onto the other side and when when we experience that kind of that is i mean that's what worship is designed to do it's to realign our hearts toward wholeness and we can't do it by ourselves, but we we can make ourselves available to him in this way, right? We, we bring ourselves as fully as we can and trust that he will do his work with gentleness, that he's trustworthy, um, and that he is not going to just leave us w- with all the wounds like gaping open. And, and I think we need to be sensitive to each other week to week, sitting next to each other in a pew or leading on on the team together to know that we are all in this kind of a battle, you know, we're all experiencing this kind of need and 
to try to be gentle in that with each other. Um, so I think silence makes way for lament, and lament is like a passage. It's not a it's not a uh, destination, right? Lament is not um, the state that we were meant for. Lament is what we do in the passage between now and um, the full restoration that God has planned and has is committed to. He will bring it to completion, right? We're promised that. And so as we move through this passage of lament, I think that for me has been a place that I've seen a lot of growth in our congregation and in my own, and in my own life. Um, the comfort in um, Isaiah 40, um, let me pull that up really quick. Um, just this really, it's a familiar passage, but um, I remember we used to go to here, my family used to go here, Handel's Messiah, downtown in St. Louis every year, and they would sing this song. It's like one of the first passages in the, in the Messiah, and it's, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. And uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And here's like the high point. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So I think of this verse in this section as like God is comforting his people. And then as Paul says later in the New Testament, we are comforted that we may comfort others. So this is sort of the mantle for you as leaders to be the first um, to admit your need for healing and to be the, because, and when you, we've already said like, if you're going to say you need healing, you're going to find that Jesus is a savior sufficient for your healing. And then when that's true, then you are able to see this as like a mantle, a blessing, and even a command to say, comfort, go comfort these people. Like they need to hear the good news. And it, it doesn't, I mean, not just maybe for the first time or maybe for the thousandth time, but we need to hear it again, right? And so this, I think this passage has been one that has followed me around in the last few years, both my need for it and then my call to um to like use my voice to sing out of that, you know, like, and I obviously I don't like, we don't know how to do that for ourselves, but we can say, Lord, please do this. Like bring your comfort to your people that the truth of your word and the, and the, the truth that you are faithful to us would be made known in our voices and in our instruments and in our relationships with each other. And it's a really, it's kind of like, it's so ordinary, right? We, we put charts together for a service and we plan things and we start at the wrong tempo or like somebody, <laughs> you know, gets sick that morning and can't show up. So like all of the logistics that are happening, but if you zoom out and realize what a miraculous thing that we get to be part of this, like we get to participate in the comfort, the receiving and the giving of God's comfort by way of song. And that's why like lullabies are so powerful for putting a child to sleep. There's something hardwired into our the DNA of music that would say somehow God has woven the ability for that to bring comfort. And what a cool thing. Like it's somewhere in the science of it, you know? And 
Um, so this this next one is one that um, was an old hymn that was brought into. Um, first, it was put on a, an Adelbo Grace album, uh, maybe our first, the first one, which was like a long time ago. Um, but I remember this hymn, and I was from when I was a kid. Um, it's called "Whatever My God Ordains Is Right," and such a powerful hymn. The original, like the text, is so beautiful. It's very heavy. But then there's the tune that I knew from like the Trinity hymnal as a girl was pretty bombastic. It was pretty like straightforward. And then the first Indelible Grace tune was um, also like very declarative. Like you hear, this is one of the cool things, like you can put new tunes to things, right? You guys have done this. It's, um, I know I know here in, at the, in the community in Louisville, this has been a beautiful practice, but like putting old, tunes, I mean, new tunes to old texts and continuing to revive them, you start to notice different reflections in the text. And so um, a couple of years ago, Latifa, or Latifa Alatas and I worked on this hymn and kind of morphed it with a chorus of the word sweet comfort, because I, I feel like with the heaviness of the theology in this hymn, one of the things that I, I have um, learned over the last few years is that the doctrine of God's providence in our lives is actually not intent. It was not given to us to be a theological debate. It was given to us as a comfort. Like this was the idea that God is sovereign is not meant to make you mad. It's meant to help you to know that you are held and that there is, God is not surprised by the devastation that happens in our world and in our lives. And if we begin to know this God who weeps with us and who is like, in it with us, who has come to be with us, um, this changes everything. And it gives us not the indulgence of our emotion, but um, the fruitfulness of our emotion. Like these, like as we weep with others, we are aligning with God's heart in this way. And even as he weeps with us and we do the same, it's just this like, this is where we are now. And there will be a day that we will not have this, but this experience of weeping together and celebrating together is something that even the angels long to look into. They won't know what that's like. They won't know what it is to suffer with Christ the way that we have opportunity to do. And and when we do this as a community and as a global community, as a historic community, we realize, oh, I am not the first one to feel this. You know, I mean, this is not like, I'm not the center of the universe where my emotion should be like, you know, um, blown up out of proportion, right? So I think that there's it helps us to contextualize our pain and also to commune with each other and to commune with Christ in, um, in the way that he has carried that on our behalf. That is a hard place to stop, but if you would like to hear the rest of this workshop from Sandra McCracken entitled Writing Modern Hymns, go to our website, biblicalworship.com, and click podcast. Click around and find the show notes for season one, episode 16, and we're happy to share with you the entire thing. That is what we have for you this time on the Doxology and Theology podcast. Our show is produced by Evan Jarms, engineered by Isaiah Small and Caleb Sherwood, and the music is by our good friends at Murphy DX. Until next time, this is Dr. Matthew Westerholm reminding you that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. Peace be with you.